Hello and welcome to Shalom, y'all. I am your host, Shelby Cockrell. This is my first podcast episode. Uh, I just wanted to take the time to introduce myself in this first one and just tell you what Torah is and why I follow it. So yeah, um, I am 18. I actually started following Torah when I was about 16. I started out in a Baptist church with my family. My parents have always been in in churches around since I was born. We actually went to a more southern Baptist church around age 14, I believe, and that was more of a, it was a different style of teaching. Honestly, I didn't see much of a difference between my original church and that church, mainly because I was younger. But anyways, actually my story starts in that church. I did not at this time feel very close to God. I was just going through the motions of being at church and doing the Sunday schools and I don't know, just just going because my parents told me to and I didn't really feel like there was a connection with me and God. And I knew the stories. I thought I knew everything about God. And I was kind of on a dark path, just trying to be cool. And I was in public school at the time. I had, I had many good friends, but I also had some ones that were not so good. But yeah, the switch to Torah eventually came when one of our family friends from that church invited us to this random little tiny fellowship. And at the time, I did not understand this because I was like, why are we moving churches? I, I just didn't understand. Actually, my parents went to this specific Torah fellowship about two weeks in without me and my sister because we kind of thought it was a little strange. I mean, these people didn't eat pork. They kept services on Saturday instead of Sunday. And at the time, I thought that was sacrilegious. I mean, who doesn't have church services on Sunday? It's the Lord's Day. But actually, if I'm going to be honest, there was a cute boy there. And I I went. Um, I went with my parents. I met the people there. And they were really nice. But I still wasn't completely, like, convinced that these people people's way of life was worth living. Uh, I had to give up bacon. I had to give up, at the time I didn't know it, but I had to give up Christmas and Halloween, which were the best time of my family's life. We all got together and it was so nice and harmonious and everybody wasn't fighting finally, but I, I just couldn't get my head wrapped around it. But eventually I started to listen to the teachings, and really start to understand what it was about. And I figured out a lot of the stuff that I was being taught at a normal church was false. It was misconstrued. There were specific language errors that a normal Bible has that you, you just don't notice until you actually go into a deep study of it. And at the time, I didn't want to go into that study at the old church. And I'm not trying to put churches down, but it really, if you take the time to actually study your Bible, you will find a lot of stuff in there that you do not 
know of before. I mean, for example, how many animals went on the ark? You, you would say two pair, right? Well, actually, there is a Bible verse that says that there were two pair of unclean, but seven pair of clean animals. And what's the difference between unclean and clean animals? Uh, they're all animals. They're fine. God said, eat all the animals once to Peter or something at the time. I, I didn't know all the stuff about it. I was just like, I'm going to eat my pork. But I started to get into the habit of doing these things. And I eventually started to dig deeper into the word. And I figured, okay, well, let's start with pork. Let's start with all the unclean animals. Because in Leviticus, it says, you're not to eat unclean. And okay, let's start eating unclean. What's the worst that could happen? Actually, I dug into some research about pigs and other unclean animals. And do you know how much a pig eats? It will eat anything. I have true crime podcasts that tell me that the pig will eat a dead carcass, which is really gory, but it just goes to show it will eat anything. And even health critics want to know what's going into their body. You don't have to be religious to think that's disgusting. And also, let's go to the bottom feeders of the ocean. They eat everything off of the ground, like the nasty stuff and the algae and stuff like that. I don't even know how to pronounce. I don't even have to say algae, algae. I have no clue. But anyways, so I started not eating pork. I started not eating crab. Uh, I never ate shellfish, but there's other animals that we stopped eating. And I felt good. I mean, it, it just cut some of the things that I didn't really... I enjoyed, but uh, it wasn't that important to me. I just cut those out of my life, and I didn't feel any different, really. I thought, cool, I'm I'm looking into the Bible more. That's That's pretty cool. And then it came to the choice of... Christmas and Halloween and even Easter and later on I will try to have an episode of each of those things because I do believe that they are pagan in roots and it says in the Bible and you can check this I don't have the exact verse in front of me but you can check this it says do not follow in the pagan ways and the pagan traditions it says to follow me in my ways and later on, I figured out that these were the seven feasts and festivals outlined in, like, I believe it's Deuteronomy. Uh, it's actually outlined <laughs> many times in the Bible. But I started to look into these specific holidays. And yeah, you can try to push it and, and fold it and try to make it into something that it's not. But it's not what it is, you know? It's... It's pagan, it's evil. So eventually I caved and I gave up these things. Me and my family started to uh, not celebrate Christmas and Easter and Halloween. And our family thought we were lunatics. They thought we were crazy. Oh my gosh, how many times have I been called part of a cult at 16? It was really hard, it was difficult. I mean, I, I loved those holidays, and I loved my family, but I just didn't feel right at the time to do them. 
Now, it was about this time that I had stopped liking this certain boy. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail about that because it's in the past, but I had stopped liking him and I had realized that I had changed my life around. By this time, I had started homeschooling because at the time I had I had really bad acid reflex problems and school was not helping. I was in AP and dual credit history classes that were not too advanced for me, but they just stressed me out. So I decided one year, I had a feeling, I was just like, my sophomore year of high school, I told mama, I want to be homeschooled. And at the time we were studying Torah and my mama thought that was a great idea. At first she didn't, but eventually we both thought, hey, let's try this. If you don't like it, you can go back to school. And luckily for me, this year was the year of COVID. Right after I had started homeschooling and had gotten into the motions and gone through all of the habitual things of homeschool, COVID hit. (coughs) Yes, let's hear Gizmo. That's my dog Gizmo, by the way. So, at this time, it was a time of study, and it was a real fire for God and a passion I have never felt for religion in general. I always thought it was I always had the thoughts of, is this book really written by God or was it written by some guy that was just really smart and wanted people to act right in the world and had some moral dilemma or something? But the more I studied in it, I realized that this wasn't true and that most of the things that my old church taught me or left out in general was wrong. It added things I I figured out that you can read the verses behind a certain verse or a passage and it means the complete opposite of what somebody might try to be teaching you. I learned about false prophets and how they can lead you astray and it was just a time of like questioning things. But also it was a time of more spirituality and I was closer to God and It was actually closer to this point that I learned that the original Hebrew words of God and Jesus were Yahweh and Yeshua. And just to premise this, I will be continuing to say these two words. So if you don't know what these things are, Yahweh means God and Yeshua means Jesus. It is just the original way of saying it. I feel like it's being closer to God and what he originally intended when he said to say my name. But anyways, this first episode, I just wanted to express my story, tell how there was a significant change in my life from my younger years and to now. Uh, As we speak, I am on trying to start a Torah podcast. I mean, I have never been so fired up to speak about Christianity or God or sharing these things, it's just, it, it wows me. It, it's exciting. I'm actually wanting to learn. And actually, I have gone to my dad. I've gone to uh, a few of the guys at my fellowship to ask them about certain parts of this podcast because I don't want to lead other people astray. And I also want to learn about it myself. So mostly this, this 
podcast is going to be a teaching tool to me and if anybody else listens, which that would be cool, (laughs) they might learn something too. And eventually, I want to get to a point where I can teach other people. But I'm not the person to teach in front of people. I get really nervous. I get shaky. My voice gets shaky. But for some reason, talking to a microphone in my room alone with my dog is different. It's, I think it works for me. But anyways, as I was saying, this first podcast is to describe Torah and why I follow it, of course. Um, so, to start out, I want to ask, do you think that we should be living like Yeshua, which is Jesus? Do you think that we should be living like Yeshua did? Because, for example, in 1 John 2, 6, 1 Peter 2, 21, and 1 Corinthians 11, 1, it states that you should be living like him in order to live a godly life that he should be used as an example for these things and let's just from these verses and from what we have from the bible let's go through what he was and what his personality was what he did just everything that surrounded yeshua so first of all yeshua was a jew not in today's standards of a jew it was a different thing back then because today's jews it's it's a whole lot different. They actually don't believe in Yeshua, and that's not right. So, he was a Jew then. He started to teach at a young age, and I actually thought this was really cool because I am starting a podcast at 18, and I'm young, and most of the time in my old church and even at school, people would tell me, you're too young to teach these things to fully understand the Bible. It's just, it's not for you to understand. That's a lot of the things that I would get from that church, and I'm not trying to bash them at all. I understand what they're talking about, but it's kind of, it's sad to hear that you can't share this message until you get to a certain age, but Yeshua was teaching at a synagogue, at a temple, at the age of 12. Like, at 12! I haven't even started my life until pretty much 18. The next thing is he fasted. When he was in deep prayer or he was trying to go through the motions of the feasts and festivals, he fasted. He did this as a sign of just closeness with his father, Yahweh, because it was told that you should fast, that it's a good tool to use. He was baptized. Although, and it says here that although he was perfect and didn't need this cleansing, he followed the law that Yahweh gave. In the law, it tells you that baptism is a very good thing. And then it gets you spiritually cleansed from your old life. And of course, I was baptized a long time ago at my first church. It was great. I did it with my grandma and my sister. And it was really nice. But at the same time, I was, I was baptized in the name of Jesus. And I don't know if that's, it's different than his original name, Yeshua, or if I should. I always have wondered if I should be baptized in the name of Yeshua because that's his actual name. But I don't know. I will have to look into that. Okay, anyways, the next thing 
He followed the law perfectly. Today we are told that the law is a bad thing and that it was done away with, but as I'm going to study in later episodes and as I've learned, the law is good. It is, it's powerful. It's what helps you to define sin. It, it's just, it's good. Okay, so he did good works. He taught the world, even whenever they thought that they could not teach the Gentiles. Yeshua was telling them then that we should teach it to everyone, that everyone can get into heaven. There was a certain time where he told, I believe it was through a vision through Cornelius, that you shouldn't call any man unclean and that everyone deserves to have the chance to be saved. And that's just, that's great. He also prayed constantly and he actually wore tzitzits, which if you don't know what a tzitzit is, you can look up uh, it's in Numbers 15, 38 through 41. Uh, they are little tassels that you wear on the four corners of your garments. And of course, today we don't really have corners to our garments, but usually I just wear them on my jeans. It's pretty much a symbolism of your faith. And if you're going to get into something bad or some sin that you keep getting to, into, or if you see something that you shouldn't be doing, you just kind of tug on the tzitzit or look at it and remember that you have greater things ahead of you than this little sin right now and that you can get past the devil taunting you. And actually, in Matthew 9, 20 through 22, whenever the woman came up behind him and touched his garment to be healed, she touched his tzitzits. And it tells you that they're in there. They were his little blue tassels that didn't mean too much to today's Christians, but to me and to Yeshua, they were everything. They they healed a woman through God. It's just, it's so cool to have little reminders every day of his glory and what you should be doing. So that's pretty much what he was, and you can look into that too. Now I'm going to get into defining Torah and the things in it. Of course, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And we actually do a Torah study that goes through all of the Torah every year, and you get new things out of it. These books include the 613 laws that were originally put forward as his laws. So they included the Ten Commandments, the Dietary Laws, Levitical Priest Laws, celebrating the feasts and festivals, just a lot of things that he set forth and it's actually described to be perfect. And did you know that you cannot follow all 613 laws? Not because you can't, but because some of them were meant for women, some of them were meant for men, some were meant for farmers, and last time I checked, I'm not a farmer, and I'm not a man. So there's specific ones for me, and that's pretty much it. Have you ever wondered what the actual definition of sin is? Because I was always told that sin was whatever kept you from God, whatever made you 
fall short of being good in his eyes and and just bad things. But it was never really outlawed. They would say, don't murder, don't steal, don't worship any more gods than Yahweh. But that wasn't really a definition. It was some things that you should most definitely do, but it wasn't a definition. But, as I have been learning, I have learned the true definition of sin. In 1 John 3, 4, and of course I'm using the Tree of Life version, but it is the same in any version that you find. It says, Everyone practicing sin also practices lawlessness. Indeed, sin is lawlessness. There it is, right in front of you. It's lawlessness. And from what I can tell, the law that he is talking about is God's law. It's, it's Yahweh's law. That blew my mind when I found that out. Because I never knew. It's an exact definition. It was just so cool. And even if you Google, what is sin? It will come up with the exact same thing. It will say, sin is the willful transgression of Yahweh's divine law. And if that doesn't spell that out perfectly for you, I don't know what can. Now I'm going to get into why the law is good. Not from my own terms, but from the Bible. While I was studying for this podcast, I read that nowhere in the Bible does it say that the law is good and that it should be followed. But a simple Google search showed me that this was not true at all. Actually, there are so many places in the Bible that says quite differently. For example, in Matthew 5:17, it says, "Do not think that I came to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or seraph shall ever pass away from the Torah until all things come to pass. Now, this all things coming to pass is, of course, the second coming labeled in Revelation. That means until the world ends, the Torah is still there. It's still in effect. Another example of this is Romans 3.31 that says, Do we then nullify the Torah through faithfulness? May it never be. On the contrary, we uphold the Torah. And the last one I have here is 1 John 5.3 that says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Now, there are many more examples of this. And I'm not going to go through all of these verses with you. Feel free to go and look them up. And there are so many. It is astonishing. And also with this comes the description of the Torah. Not only should we follow it, but it is good to follow. And there's two verses that I want to bring up here because they are so powerful. One of these is Romans 7:16, And it says, But if I do what I do not want to do, then I agree with the Torah that it is good. The second verse is Romans 7, 7 that says, What shall we say then? Is the Torah sin? May it never be. On the contrary, 
I would not have known sin except through the Torah, for I would not have known about coveting if the Torah had not said, you shall not covet. It is literally a guide to show you what sin is and how to avoid it. The Bible even says in 1 John 2, 4, that the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. And that's scary. You don't want to be called a liar in Yahweh's eyes. I don't want to be at least. Anyways, the next point that I'm going to bring up is how you should feel apart from the world. For example, scriptures like Romans 12, 2 that says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And in John 15, 19, it says, If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but you are not of the world. Since I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. That's scary too, honestly. I don't like people hating me. I am a people pleaser. I want everyone to love me. And maybe that's a toxic trait. I don't know. But this literally says if you're going down the right path, you're gonna get persecuted. The world is gonna hate you. And honestly, ever since I got into Torah, I have been feeling that a little bit. In my regular church, it was all accepting and love and accepting everyone for their faults and come as you are. But in Torah, you don't celebrate Christmas and you don't celebrate Halloween. Your family, they start to distance a little bit. There's been so many struggles in our family after we started Torah that I'm glad we had Torah at the time and we were closer to Yahweh. But it was hard. It's still hard. And I'm still trying to get through that. I'm not completely perfect with that. I'm not going to pretend to be. But yeah. Now, I have seen some people that are against Torah. And I can see some points on theirs. But to the majority, I have found a lot of evidence backing Torah. And one of these is the evidence that God gave us this Bible, his Bible, and the difference between that and people's opinion. My notes have said, the truth is that Torah is the only thing man should lean on because his own understanding is flawed and of the flesh. And I love this verse. Proverbs 18.2 says, a fool finds no delight in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And I have a big opinion. I have many opinions. It's, it's, it's pretty bad. But this says that a fool finds no delight in understanding. They rely on their opinion. So whenever I go to a church service or even our fellowship services, I have to pick apart what is opinion and what is fact. What is the law and what is a man's own desire that is by his definition fleshly. It's hard to do. It really is, but knowing the law and having the foundation of the Torah makes it so much easier, at least from what my experience has been. Now, the last thing I want to cover is the fact that the law alone 
cannot save you. It cannot take you to heaven. Now, this sounds hypocritical of me because I have been teaching that the law is good and that it should be in our lives and it's spiritual, but this doesn't mean that I rely solely based on the law. The truth of the matter is, the only way that you will get to heaven, and it says this so many times in the Bible, is through Yeshua to get to Yahweh, to get to the pearly gates of heaven. Yeshua is the only way. For example, in Romans 3.20, it says, For no human on the basis of Torah observance will be set right in his sight, for through the Torah comes awareness of sin. Thus saying that Torah makes you aware of what you're sinning. Say you're stealing something. The Torah has outlawed that you should not steal. It is kind of like an instruction book on what to do and what not to do. But that doesn't mean that it saves you alone. Only faith through Jesus can save you. It can take you to heaven. So you may be asking, why follow the law if Yeshua is the only way to heaven and to Yahweh? Well, many times in the Bible, it says that the Lord delights in his law. It actually shows what Yahweh wants for us. It also shows what we should avoid doing. It shows the sins, everything. After all, sin is transgression of the law. So, I'm going to go ahead and end my first episode here. I just want to say that everything that I have said here and everything that I will say in the future, please test. Go to the Bible yourself. I do not want you to take it on my word alone because in the Bible it says that that will be on me. If I am a false prophet or if I say something that is not true, I don't want to be caught underneath that. I do not want to teach people something wrong when I don't understand it. And I'm not going to understand everything. But anyways, uh, this has been my first episode of Shalom, y'all. And I hope that anyone who's listening is enjoying it. I definitely think this is going to help my faith and researching for these episodes. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. Shalom, y'all.